Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Have you ever wanted to get rid of a body without anyone asking too many questions? Join Trunk Club. Every month, Trunk Club will drive a 1996 Hyundai XL to your door with the keys in the trunk. All you gotta do is put the body in the trunk, lock it up, and we'll pick it up the very next day. Body disappeared. Go to trunkclub.com and enter the offer code RATIONAL to get your first three months of body disappearing free. We'll even throw in a free pair of concrete shoes. They're real comfortable like. Trunk Club. Forget about it. Don't forget about it. Hi everyone, welcome to Irrational Fear, uh, I think number 23, it's exciting, you're fear mongers today. Uh, James Colley, he's the parent of the boy done good. (laughs) Chris Taylor, he's just like Salim Maher, but brings his own podium wherever he goes. (laughs) It's very good to be here. And fresh from his New Zealand holiday, where he and Chris Lilly both auditioned and missed out for the lead role in Moana, the new Disney film. I made such a good princess. (laughs) Lewis Hobber. (laughs) <laughs> Hello. How was your New Zealand holiday? Oh, it was paradise. Have you been there? It's it's my favourite country. Yeah. I'm not just like, don't tell anyone about it. Because the minute Australians realise how beautiful New Zealand is, it'll be ruined. <laughs> yeah, what I, it reminds me of a time when Australia didn't think it was important. Yeah. Uh, and it's so beautiful. Like, you talk to New Zealanders, because I was in the South Island, which is really just oh, like a stunning. giant yeah. farm. And you talk to them about about like Australia, and they think they talk about it like it's the city. Yes. Like they, they're like, "Oh, I've been to Australia. The traffic's a bit wild." I'm like, "I don't know if you've been to Darwin." But I imagine, like, when I go to New Zealand, I kind of imagine it that was what Australia was 30 years ago. Like that mm. was peak white Australia policy. Like, I like it felt feels very safe for someone of my skin. I did get one there. pretty racist comment actually. Uh, I went with my girlfriend to a winery, and this woman was being very only served white wine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was very. There was, she was very lovely, and she actually gave us quite a few discounts uh, on the stuff that we bought. And then on the way out, she was just like, "Watch out for Asians!" <laughs> um, and 
And we just looked at it and we just realized that we'd got a white person's discount. And we were just looking no at it and we just, and way. our wine just had a taste of shame about it oh. after that because like, we just didn't get that because you don't like Asians. I had a similar experience actually when I was there. I, and I should just say, yes, if there, there are elements of racism in New Zealand. That's why we love it but, so much. But they're also <laughs> one of the most progressive countries when it comes to like female representation like they were the first to have a female prime minister female yep. governor general female attorney general all of, they're actually quite forward thinking in a lot of it however there is a, i went to i think it was called kaikura on the south island again it was a b&b and i'd been doing a sort of road trip with a couple of mates and we we pre-bought a whole lot of presents to leave to give to all our hosts and the b&b hosts on the road trip and at this one particular b&b um the family invited us to have dinner with them, which was irregular. Normally, we just dump our bags, go out to dinner, then come back and crash. But they said, no, no, we really insist you stay and have dinner with us. So we sat down, and entree was served, and then the host, the male host... <laughs> and the, the picture behind them, the eyes kept moving to watch you wherever you went. <laughs> the male host just literally, as soon as the food hit the table, he goes, well, look... I just want to apologise for all the Maoris. Wow. That, that was his, oh, instead of wow. saying grace, that's what he said. I just oh, want to apologise on behalf of New Zealand for all the Maoris. And you're and like, go, uh, what, what, what do they... Was there, go, what are you talking about? He goes, oh, all, all the bloody signs have had to be changed. You're bloody, you see, like, Maori equivalents of all the place names now. They're everywhere. <laughs> oh, They're no. taking our joints. You had to learn things. <laughs> and it was, it was the most awkward dinner of our lives. And it was that kind of thing, you know, when you're in the presence of racists right. who have been a host to you and giving you a meal... You're really torn between whether to call them out mm. on their racism or say nothing and sort of passively go along with it. So, were you Donald Trump or were you John McCain? Which one? Did you, which one did you roll well, with? The, we kind of generally said nothing and just sort of thought, oh, just don't, don't, you know, don't make a scene here. Just let them say their piece and you know, hope you know he doesn't poison us with his food. And anyway, but the thing in our back of our minds the whole time was, oh my god. The present we have got this guy. <laughs> it's like a Maori tiki, <laughs> which we gave him. Uh. Didn't go over well. <laughs> Did you, as you handed over, say sorry about the Maori? <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, someone gave me this. I'm just passing it off. Really, uh, Lewis Hubble, what's making you scared this week? Uh, well, what's making me terrified is Vladimir Putin's birthday, which scares me every year. Have you been invited? Tragically, no. no. Although, I don't know if I'd make it out alive. I don't know if you heard how he celebrated his birthday. Kind of... A... Um, um, did he fire cruise missiles from the Caspian Sea into Bashar al-Assad's enemies? Correct. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. and his I... birthday candles are actually <laughs> missiles. We can light them and they set off a, a bomb into Syria. Yeah, he, did, he does two things. One is he plays a game of charity ice hockey. Uh, he scores seven goals. Topless. Ah! Topless. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that's right. And and then the other thing, yeah, is that he uh, he bombs. This Syria. is so funny. Every time I play, I win. <laughs> it's birthday luck. Yeah, I'm terrified also about what's going to happen at Christmas. Because what's he building towards? <laughs> I can't. I think it'd be hard to buy for because you. The thing that I really know he wants is Ukraine, and he kind of just <laughs> got it for himself without waiting. So. Very hard to gift wrap. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's sort of fascinating because it. Uh, you know, I don't know enough about geopolitics to really understand what's going on, but I mm. clearly get a sense America's not happy about the Russian intervention in Syria because they seem to have completely different targets to what. America seems to have, and so whether there's a different agenda about supporting Assad, 
Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's kind of what's happening. That's what everyone's kind of looking at at the moment. So everyone thinks that Russia is saying, no, 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 we are, we are fighting terrorists. But they know what the Western world thinks of terrorists are ISIS, just not the Western-funded terrorists that we pay for. Well, See, this is why diplomatic like discussions are so difficult. It's because what like Obama desperately would want to do is go to a press conference and be like, can we just cut the shit? Like, we know. We get it. Like, you're not tricking us. We also read the news and make it as much as you. Like, It's a tough sell to come out um, when you're talking bombings, though, for Obama this week. <laughs> having just blown up Medicine Sans Frontier. So, yes. Which yeah. makes him the first Nobel Peace Prize winner to bomb another Nobel Peace Prize yeah. winner. And I, don't, I use this phrase I loosely. I still think Malala has one in her. <laughs> <laughs> first, but not the last. <laughs> Uh, what, what? Oh, I was going to say, I don't use the phrase lightly. I don't think Obama has a leg to stand on. Mm. Right. <laughs> that, that made more sense when we were on the bombing thing. Speaking of that, moving on to Oscar Pistorius. <laughs> Yay! The Kunduz thing is really extraordinary. And I think what's interesting about um, that hospital story is just how much, how furious Medicines Saint Frontiers is. And they are channeling it through social media in such a profound way. Every post they've done, they've, they've uh, really uh, pushing their argument, making and really holding account uh, just how targeted the bombing was. And they put out a, a fact sheet today of just uh, uh, of, of all the bombings that happened within that hour. And they they made the point of saying these were precision guided bombs that were hitting the same building for an hour. And during that hour, we called them to say, please stop <laughs> bombing the shit of our intensive care unit, and, and they didn't. And, and they wrote back, yeah, but it's Obama's birthday. So. <laughs> yeah. And like to be fair, like they have a pretty easy argument to run because when you are say trying to say make the phrase out, we were right to bomb the hospital. It is a hard angle to run. So the US are kind of starting on the back foot. Yeah, and it's they also, changed their story four times. It's also to- like one of the the worst possible good causes you could actually bomb like you know like wilderness koalas there might be some <laughs> public sympathy if you accidentally bomb them but I think Medicine Sans Frontier is one of those ones that everyone kind of gets behind and generally agrees we probably shouldn't bomb doctors trying to help people in war zones mm. maybe they were just in, in the ongoing battle against ISIS were looking for anyone who wasn't respecting a border if you don't respect a border you're the target of the US <laughs> James Colley, what's the media making you scared of this week? Well, I am mourning the loss of freedom of speech when one bookstore in one city <laughs> in one state of Australia decided not to sell Campbell Newman's definitely bad little biography. <laughs> then freedom of speech died because... Is by that the official title? The definitely bad little biography? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually The Very Hungry Capitalist. <laughs> he like uh, So he tried to go into... Uh, like he said avid books uh, by not stocking his work was censoring him <laughs> in the same way that if you go to, say, the local fruit shop, and if they don't have your favourite kind of melon, they are censoring that melon. Or rather, if the melon is infected with disease, uh, they don't. They choose not to sell that melon. <laughs> like, yeah, the two things here is Campbell Newman isn't exactly the spokesperson for everyone should be allowed to say what they want as a man who worked on, say, stopping people from being able to campaign against him. 
if, if only um, he, he could uh, submit his book to like the Premier's Literacy Prize, yeah. <laughs> which sadly doesn't exist, which he actually cut in Queensland. Yeah, what happened to that thing? I think, was, the, I think the new Premier did actually reinstate it, and I think mm. it would be brilliant, an ultimate act of irony. And just to have to <laughs> award Campbell Newman of course, the award. The, uh, I don't know if you realise this, Chris, the ultimate act of irony is that his book name is Can Do. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, someone I saw on Twitter today, I, and I assume it was probably out of context in a slightly unfair photo. However, there was a photo of Campbell Newman doing a book signing at a, at a Brisbane bookshop, and there was no one queuing <laughs> up yeah. at all. You could, yeah, there were tumbleweeds going through that bookshop. That was actually, it wasn't a signing, he was still writing it. <laughs> <laughs> there was one person, Bill Shorten, but he's kind of hard to see regardless. Yeah. Yeah. There was, he was just up to the last, the last chapter, which was... And he went on to win the Queensland election in the landslide that everyone <laughs> yeah. expected. We're going to need to fact check yeah. this, but I'm pretty confident. The original title was Volume 1. He just assumed there was a lot more in the Campbell Newman story, unfortunately. I think just the one volume is probably enough here, Campbell. And we won't stock it in every bookshop. It's not like it's Fifty Shades of Campbell. Like Who would play him in the, in the film shades. if it got turned into the film? Would anyone sit their head up to play Campbell? Oh, that's a good I question. I Meryl Streep could do it. <laughs> Patrick, Patrick Stewart? Patrick Stewart, The world's most bad. famous bald man. Steve uh, Buscemi would be wonderful. <laughs> he's really good. He's, uh, he's hmm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go. I'm just trying to think. What He's sort of a short, bald man. Like, George Brandis is the perfect man to play him, yeah. but he's probably waiting to play himself yeah. in the Brandis biopic. Um, yeah, no, I think, yeah, Bashimi would probably give it a crack. Yeah, right? I think he'd do a really good job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris Taylor, what is uh, making you scared in the media this week? Well, I got scared on behalf um, of Uber this week. I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of Uber. I use it all the time. But I, I don't know if you saw in Brisbane, um, there are a couple of these vigilante cab drivers who booked an Uber, got in the car and collectively just went to town yeah. on the poor driver and seriously did him some major damage by beating him up. And look, I mean, I, I, I've never actually give, taken a cab. I mean, I, the sort of lifestyle I have, I have a driver. So I, <laughs> I don't know what cab drivers are like normally. My only sort of understanding of cab drivers is from Backseat Drivers, a show Lewis Hobber. Oh, uh, and, and James Curley. One time, I think, one time. James Curley, I think, hosted a, uh, some sort of cash cab. cab. Cash cab. Yeah. So I assume mm. most people who drive cabs... Charlie Pickering went uh, from straight from that show to hosting the project. There so, you go. Yeah. They're normally TV hosts asking trivia questions. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So yeah. It just didn't square with the image I have of them. They're now suddenly angry about Uber and wanting to bash people I up. I bashed the shit out of some people in uh, in that in my show. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. yeah, I was a violent, violent man. Yeah. I can't imagine, like, trying to push the argument as a cabbie Uber is unsafe and to prove that point we are going to beat up an Uber driver as cabbies like so mm. if you're yeah. next in an Uber be very careful because maybe it's a cab driver and they're known to be violent I think, well, Uber I think... is unsafe the cabs are actually right uh, the drivers are unsafe against taxi <laughs> yeah. drivers like we need Mark Latham out on the road to wage another war on taxi drivers <laughs> just to make it safe for Uber again. but conversely trying to dispel the myth of the thuggish union based cab, cab driver <laughs> the only way to do that is to bash the shit out of other drivers you know well. right James because obviously there's a big campaign at the moment by the taxi industry to discredit Uber yeah. and um, but this couldn't, it's the worst possible way to advocate on behalf of taxi drivers if suddenly that these vigilante guys like extras from Goodfellas running right, bashing up innocent Uber drivers. Do you think there was a moment in this where they're like, all right, so they had the plan all together, they're like, we're going to get, we're going to order an Uber, get in the car, and we're going to be up. And then as the they 
pull out the app, they order the thing, and they wow, that arrived really fast, and it came right to where I expected. <laughs> oh, this car's quite... He's offering us water and Mentos. I should, I should point it out, after they bashed him up, they did give the guy a five-star. Five star. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the time that like, I get an Airbnb and go in, and there are five guys who own hotels waiting to bash me. <laughs> Uh, this week, making me scared. Uh, I don't know if you saw this great story. At News Corp uh, boss Rupert Murdoch came out today and basically said he the came right. out. Well, he, <laughs> wow, he's yeah. very challenging. Very challenging stuff for all, all News Corp readers. But he, he, he on Twitter today, he, he said that uh, he suggested that U.S. President Barack Obama was not a real black president, and that Ben Carson would be the first black president of America. If uh, no way, yeah, totally, no yeah. Way. Basically, saying that. Obama had a, had a white upbringing, therefore that makes him. So a he's white questioning president. his blackness, not his presidency. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's if, right. That's the part of him he doesn't believe in. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, his color, his yeah, color, which is clearly the most obvious one that we can actually see. If there's one thing you can say about Obama, he definitely hasn't experienced racism in the last <laughs> eight years. <laughs> not a hint of it. Yeah, wow. And this comes from a guy. I don't know if you've seen this tweet. This is an awesome tweet from Rupert Murdoch from November last year. He tweeted. Moses film attacked on Twitter for all white cast. Since when are Egyptians not white? All I know are... (laughs) Fantastic stuff. I have watched The Mummy. I have watched The Mummy Returns. (laughs) I think we just have to let Jay-Z decide. Which was like, <laughs> yeah. real, recognize real. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe that's just because he's all friends with the people who are in the original Ten Commandments, and all of those guys are white. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, the last Moses he knew was Charlton Heston, and he he died a long time ago. Can you imagine Rupert Murdoch's thought process here? Of yeah, I'll sort it out. I'll just I'll just bung off a couple of tweets, and not only will I confirm. Ben Carson's presidency, which will never happen. Like he's he's wrong on the two counts he has here. One is that Ben Carson will be any kind of president because yep. he just won't. The other is Obama's race is wrong. Yeah, <laughs> they he checked. Like if you think they don't vet presidents for a lot of things, yeah. they would have checked that. He's uh, it must be a very tough time though for someone like Rupert. Like if you're pro Republican in the states right now, yeah. You have got... Like, that is the tweet of a panicked individual really desperate to try to find something to put your flag in. Well, it was sort of... When the race started, it was sort of like... I think there was just an assumption it was going to be Jeb Bush. Mm. That would get the candidate. It was going to be a Bush-Clinton face-off. Then... Trump came along and mm. said the most outrageous things, and the more outrageous things he said, the more popular he became. And mm. now Trump is sort of the front runner. And I don't know what the history is between Murdoch and Trump, but I'm guessing they probably see themselves as rivals more than bedfellows. They, they dated in college. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did. He had a private meeting with Fox after he uh, had a huge spat with Megyn Kelly. Oh, okay. So oh, wow. they had like a private meeting to discuss, you know, whether or not Fox is going to back him. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And so mm. Fox had decided not to back Trump? They've decided not. They were really attacking him heavily. And yeah. now they're not. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of interesting where uh, you kind of have to be super conservative on the Republican side. And I don't like, I don't know whether Trump, when he kind of gets um, people who are conservative on his side, he just lets them talk and kind of... By their by being next to them is by pure association associating with their points of view, so it's kind of not like he actually doesn't appear to have this that super conservative edge that he he really needs to win over the Republicans. Mm. But he just kind of lets he just by being in a, being around other people who have those points of view, people just assume he is. I can totally get like um, it feels like if you're a like moderate Republican voter and you've just been frustrated with your party for more than a decade now, I can totally get like. 
letting Trump just run and be like, screw it. I'm going to back him to see how long this goes. In the same way that if you were in like the last week of a share house and a dog got in, you'd just be like, fuck <laughs> yeah. it. What do yeah. I care? Piss <laughs> on the carpet. I don't care. I don't like this place. But it's sort of weird. That, I mean, one reason I'm surprised Murdoch's not more in the Trump camp is that in a way by Murdoch, sorry, by Trump becoming president of the United States is sort of like the ultimate end game of capitalism. It's sort of saying <laughs> you can be the richest man in the country and become president. You yep. can buy the president, see, literally. And I would, the only thing that Murdoch would not like about that is that he didn't think of it first. <laughs> it's kind of the blatant transparency that Obama wants to have. You know, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. the Obama, the Democrats are always talking about transparency, but Trump's like, yeah, people pay me money and, you know, I will talk to them. I can be bought. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've bought candidates in the past. Yeah, this is how democracy works. And the great thing about it is, is that we're, they're all having this conversation about how money influences politics, but they're not having it behind the scenes it is like front and centre like, like, and everybody now understands and, how the game works and by electing Trump we're actually cutting out the middleman because it used to need to rely on super PACs and the Koch yeah. brothers and all of that to give all the money to the candidates you don't need that with Trump <laughs> Trump already has a billion dollars he can fund his own campaign I'm, I'm seeing um, Palmer for PM in Australia for sure <laughs> so is Clive <laughs> this whole thing is set up like a bad Michael J. Fox film like you know how like about 83 you just put a film you know, up film up. it's one where he's working his way up from the mailroom and it keeps cutting to Trump being like I run this company and I hate it and I love money and hate all the people and he's like but I like the people and also I'm working really hard and he gets changed in the elevator goes up and becomes president so basically I endorse Michael J. Fox (laughs) Uh, Chris Taylor what uh, are you scared about next week? Next week, well, just the, the news today um, that Brian Lufnane has retired mm. from the directorship oh, of the Liberal Party has got me empty. very scared. Oh, wow. Um, now, for those that don't know, Brian Lufnane has been... He's the guy, like, you, whenever the, you see the end of the political ads, you know, written authorised by Beatles, he's that guy. So, uh, partly I'm going to miss that. I'm mourning. We're no going to longer hear the words be Lufnane spoken in a very quick voice. But more importantly, he was controversially, you might say, married to Peter Credlin, uh-huh. who was the uh, chief of staff in the Abbott regime. So people are kind of saying, this is a good cleansing of the Liberal Party. The, yep. Every last vestige and morsel of the Abbott era has been uh, got bloodletting. But what it does do, and this is what's got me scared, is created a vacancy for who the new president of the Liberal Party is going to be. And I know that Cory Bernardi has put his application form in, <laughs> but even more worrying, if Malcolm Turnbull might want to sort of take a leaf out of the old Credlin Lufnane uh, husband-wife combo team and get Lucy, Lucy Turnbull, Turnbull uh, as director of the party and they're going to Turnbullize the whole country once and for all. We need to change the name of the party to the Turnbull party. <laughs> get loose. <laughs> Taylor, have you thought about becoming a member of the Liberal Party yourself and putting your name forward? I as haven't, the no, but um, you've put that idea in my head now, so I'll go can away you, and have a think. To prove it, can you just speak for us really quickly? Give us an authorised by. Written authorised by C. Taylor Canberra. <laughs> okay. You've got the job. You've got the test. Test. Yeah. You've got the job. James Colley, what are you going to be scared about next week? I'm scared of Rupert Murdoch unleashing a devastating tweet that proves Donald Trump isn't really orange. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, John Boehner can uh, <laughs> give him some tips on some tanning, tanning salons. Uh, Lewis Hobber, what are you scared about next week? I think I'm scared that Mark Latham might become a regular on The Verdict. Ah, oh, <laughs> sorry. Yes. That show is called Cunts Will Make You Laugh Out Loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared The Verdict will be a regular. Yeah. Like the guest on it. <laughs> 
Yes, the, uh, I'm scared that the verdict is. The, well, yeah. at, the, at the time of taping, the verdict is tonight. Yeah. Mm. And I, I, five for one, can't wait to finally hear what Plucker Duck has to say. I've I always been enjoying it. My too. problem with Q&A was I'd watch every week and say, wow, this has way too much integrity. Let's <laughs> just get rid of some of that. Quite seriously, though, and as an ABC employee, i got to tread carefully here. But, it's, yeah, like, I haven't watched Q&A for ages because it's boring. Yeah. And cool. so, really, if we get to, like, the verdict... Looking at the lineup tonight, I'm like, well, yeah, not yeah. probably not. Mm. But I'm, people are talking about it. Like, I reckon like Q and A, Q and A is unassailable. It's the and you're like, there. This is still there's a room for this. I really Absolutely. hope, I really hope Zachy Mallor gets a go on the verdict. I think <laughs> yeah. he should, he should <laughs> yeah. be a panelist. What, what you showed here though isn't so much that you want the verdict, but you want what I truly want, which is just WWE with public figures. Yes, <laughs> yes. correct. Yeah. I would like um, a spin-off of the verdict, the conviction. So you know, there's a verdict and then there's a conviction. We the actually, appeal. Yeah. <laughs> the rejected appeal. There's actually there's no appeal in this show. I remember when uh, <laughs> there, there it is. I love how quick we've been to judge a show that hasn't been to air. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone ever done that to you? Never. <laughs> I remember a time when, if Channel 9 needed a verdict on anything, they used something called the worm. Yes. <laughs> Do, is, is Mark Latham playing the worm? Is they now he's the literal embodiment of a worm. <laughs> I just imagined somewhere in uh, Willoughby, there's the worm. He's got his own cottage. He's just waiting for the next girl. He's like, uh, they're, uh, they've skipped over me this year. Yeah, the worm would be so shitty, it's not on the panel tonight. Now they it? just send every decision to Hawkeye, and you just see <laughs> where Carl pitched it, where it hit Latham. I'm curious. I'm genuinely, I'll watch it. Um, I'll, I'll predict. I reckon it will rate. It'll certainly, yeah. it'll certainly rate the first couple of weeks. And I reckon... You know, um, it'll it'll be a sort of sexed up version of Q&A. Yeah, yeah. It'll be very sort of, you know, more Channel 9 type topics like violence in sport and that kind of thing. I reckon, you know, there's probably a place for it. I think it will certainly ruin Twitter and any kind of comment like uh, feel opinion pieces for the next three days. <laughs> Here's what we learnt from the verdict. <laughs> Top three reasons why the verdict is absolutely killing it. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, also, uh, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I'm really keen to see Ronnie Chang. He's on um, he's on the Daily Show today. Oh, uh, and first, today. I've, I've yeah. been watching uh, the first episodes of the Trevor Noah period, and he, I haven't seen Ronnie turn up yet. So his first one's tonight. Yeah, right? so go home and torrent that. Um, thank you very much. I doubt uh, it'll be as funny as Carl. <laughs> <laughs> they're head to head. By the time I torrent it, the verdict will be on. I'll have to choose which one will I watch. Uh, thanks for joining us for Irrational Fear. Leave us a message uh, on our SoundCloud or iTunes. Give us a review. And um, yeah, that's a bit. Tell your friends, I guess. Say hi to your mum for me. Oh, he's back, baby. <laughs> what the? Written authorized by C. Tyler Camera. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.